You are listening to the Work-Life Eubiosis Podcast with your host, Charleston Edwards. If this is your first time here, welcome. My goal is simple, to bring harmony and balance to this world, starting with the family. There is so much more to life than the nine to five. And this show is designed to bring you inspiration, motivation, and practical solutions to bring balance and joy back to your life. Work-life balance is not a myth, it's a choice. Themes on this show range widely between faith, family rhythms, work, and lifestyle philosophies. You will also hear burning ladder essays submitted by our community of friends and listeners who ditched the rat race, beat burnout, pursue a more balanced and purposeful life. My hope is that this show and the stories shared will provide encouragement, motivation, and will provide some ideas that will be valuable to you on your journey to work-life freedom. So let's dive into today's episode. The leap of faith is a choice made with no guarantees of what will happen next. Leaps help us grow. Our lives are meant to be in movement and not stagnation. To grow, we must go through seasons that stretch us and therefore changes us. Growth takes getting out of our comfort zones and building a dependency on God over a dependency on ourselves. More often than not, Growth takes a bit of reflection to look back and realize the beauty of the pain, the purpose of a trial, or the place of pruning to see a place of growth. Over the next few weeks, I will be focusing on growth in the various work-life eubiosis channels. How can we get unstuck in our thinking, our movement, and our faith? To launch this new series on growth, I'd like to shine the light on a beautiful story from the Own Your 5 to 9 community. Today's episode will feature the Burning Ladder essay submitted by Leah. If you're a newcomer, Burning Ladders is a segment of this platform that shares stories of transformation of burned out individuals who stopped climbing the corporate ladder to pursue a greater purpose. Their burnout also burned the proverbial career ladder, but reignited their lives. Today's contributor, Leah, is quite fearless and made a brave choice to leave the corporate world to pursue entrepreneurship right before the pandemic. Five years later, Leah has reflected on how this one choice not only changed her life, but saved her life and her family. Leah is full of wisdom and I am grateful for her words of encouragement, bravery, and faith through her Burning Ladder story. Dear listener, I burned the corporate ladder for myself and my family. At the point of my career pivot, I was working in end-of-life health care. My husband worked in aviation doing radio control. We would come home at night, sit on the front porch, and debrief the real-life tragic stories of death or family dysfunction that we had witnessed all day long. 
we would watch our toddlers sleeping in their beds and cry with overwhelming emotion. It was surprising to realize how many families suffer dysfunction that none of them want, and how often something random happens to take one of us away from each other. This is the reality of life. While deeply meaningful, those jobs had a profound emotional toll on both of us. The acute awareness of the shortness and preciousness of life resides with us still, thanks to the work we did, but we knew that we couldn't stand it forever. I wanted us to have more freedom, more joy, and to be more involved in the daily lives of my children and family. He had the best insurance and career trajectory with his employer, so we knew that I was the one who would need to make the leap. I started to feel the call to make the leap in 2018 in the form of getting out of deep debt. My husband and I were well employed, but living on the hamster wheel of existing paycheck to paycheck and the stress that it causes. After listening to a whole lot of Dave Ramsey, I pushed us into the snowball plant and held our toes to the fire. Much faster than we imagined, we were entirely out of debt and had amassed four months of living expenses. Finally, my dream of being with my young children and working part-time seemed like a real possibility. A background in business and management helped me know that I could always just start an LLC and just get some clients and be a consultant. I didn't actually know what that meant, but I knew that any LLC could be a solid vehicle sitting in the driveway of my life. The biggest fear was the act of starting, finding the courage to jump without the promise of security or structure. But my intuition was overwhelming, a voice shouting in my head and in my chest nearly every single day. Finally, in May of 2019, I left my full-time employer five and a half years, leaping into the abyss without any great plan. I just knew that it was the right choice and that I needed the time to heal and that would be okay. Fortunately, we had done the financial work ahead of time to make that possible. This career pivot overlapped the pandemic, which had its own trials and triumphs. I got roughly six months of rest that I had envisioned right after the leap. It was exhilarating and lovely at first, and then it got uncomfortable and terrifying. I worried about what in the world I was doing, especially when people would ask, how's work? I didn't have a great answer initially because I really didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't putting a lot of effort into my business or finding clients. Like I said, I didn't jump with any great plan other than to take care of myself and my kids and do nothing for a while. I was winging it and doing so much laundry. Then my first client came along randomly as a friend said, hey, do you know anyone that does XYZ? I started with them in the fall of 2019 and it seemed like that was chugging along pretty nicely. Then the pandemic hit. In retrospect, my timing was impeccable. I couldn't have planned it better. 
Like everyone else, when the shutdown happened, I was rudderless. I didn't know what to do. Then the schools closed down and my choices didn't matter. I had to homeschool my kids. Juggling work from home and the constant needs of two small children was complete chaos. We were a total mess. But this thing that made my life phenomenally more awful and complicated also made it so much better in the long run. The pivot to entrepreneurship was a blessing during the pandemic because I could captain that ship for our family while my husband worked full-time from home. He took meetings in the closet while the kids shouted math facts and practiced letters. We kept with it for a whole nother year while the world continued to try to write itself. I continued with my client and doing projects on my timetable and even from long-distance tropical locations. My tan had never been better. Thanks to this error, we realized that one of our children needed additional support that hadn't been observed by his teachers in school. That was challenging, but also glorious. We were able to make the best of a difficult time, a choice that many of our peers didn't have. Indeed, we created a lot of incredible family memories that I will cherish forever. And I wasn't working in healthcare during a global pandemic, which was definitely a plus. But that juggle all came with negative impacts on my health, both physical and mental. Going through the pandemic was gas to the flames of my anxiety, and I let my self-care slide tremendously. Like many couples, my husband and I struggled. We missed our friends and family. Keeping to a schedule was impossible. I drank more wine than I should openly admit, and I didn't sleep well. All behavior changes that I am still trying to rectify. Had the pandemic not hit, it would be hard to say how things might have gone for me. We'll never know. But if I didn't have my business or clients at the time, and had I had not already made one audacious leap, I think I would have been much more afraid to make the courageous decisions that follow and that were required of so many young families during the pandemic. So the answer to the leap being beneficial isn't black or white, yes or no, is it better or not. The pivot brought phenomenal color to the picture of my life, but also many shadows. Like life, it's not just one simple answer. Every choice has an opportunity cost, but there's always a trade-off. I have often considered the idea of just going back to full-time employment because it would be easier, simpler, or clear-cut. But I haven't yet. My health comes first. Emotional burnout played a significant role in my decision to leave the corporate ladder behind. My symptoms came in the form of depression, sleeping too much, sleeping too little, eating junk and not caring about what I ate, not eating at all, and skipping meals, watching TV all the time and being on my phone all the time, not going outside, perpetuous anxious thoughts of not doing enough, and feeling overexerted. 
My former employee did an excellent job of acknowledging burnout and dealing with it. End-of-life care is a very challenging field, and some people aren't built for long careers in it. There's nothing wrong with that, and it's a highly valuable experience. It just wasn't diverse enough for a lifetime of work for me. Also, there, there was lip, limited upward mobility, which was a major factor. Not every employer can offer upward mobility. So the reality is that sometimes there isn't a solution other than just getting out. With that being said, I've also experienced burnout in my current life due to the significant stress. So I'm hesitant to say that entrepreneurship is a way for anyone to avoid burnout. If, if anything, you have to be even more vigilant and more focused to prevent it. Because if you are your own boss, it's incredibly easy to just do something here and do something there and never get paid for the overtime. In spite of the hurdles and tendency to burn out as an entrepreneur, I've embraced freedom. I find myself fiercely protecting it. I've had offers for more corporate opportunities, and it just makes my skin crawl, an actual visceral feeling of discomfort and queasiness. The security is tempting, but I can't stand the thought of anyone owning my time now. Despite the pitfalls of my own poor self-management, I love being able to say I'm not available for that. I'll be out of town then. Can we make this an email instead of a meeting? Or I'm at my hours for the month. Having boundaries and saying no is hard, but I'm getting better at it. I like being my own boss, even if I'm the toughest boss that I've ever had. Even with the freedom, I still need and crave growth. That was the major barrier of my previous employment. So this is a cue I know to look for now in clients. Are they growing? Are they willing to grow? Do they have systems in place to take advice or encourage constructive criticism? Do they have a budget sufficient to implement growth? I only work with clients who are looking to the future and to set clear goals. Owning my own business has had a profound impact on the strength and unity of our nuclear family in ways that I may not yet fully know. Certainly, we are stronger as a result of the freedom and flexibility of my entrepreneurship and both of us working from home as seen through the pandemic, homeschooling, and adventuring together. I would like to think that my children see me as a successful entrepreneur one day, not just as someone who works too much. My children know that I am a helper to my clients, making a difference in the world through their missions. I think my husband might simultaneously be frustrated and in awe, wishing I did less, but also in awe of my intelligence and ability. I'm proud that he sees me as my own person, as an individual with an inspiring life of her own. And I trust myself more now. I believe in myself more now. My biggest takeaway in this season is that we're not trapped. Too often, we think that there is only one viable course of action or that we can't change a situation. But that's not true. There is always another path available. 
Sometimes it's just a matter of having the courage to travel it. This episode is brought to you by Own Your 5 to 9, an organization committed to freeing families of the rat race and burnout. Every organization has a leader, mission, and a set of values that drives the organization. But this is commonly missed in the most important organization in the world, the family. An organization has one mission for how it will impact the world. Why not the family? An organization goes into strategic planning to align its values, mission, and projects. Why not the family? Whose Home, a strategic planning guide for families is a workbook and a tool needed in all households. Whose Home takes a strategic planning approach with 10 guided exercises to define your core family values, family mission, and tools to operationalize how your family does life together. If your family is facing big decisions, Whose Home is for you. If you're considering a career pivot, Whose Home is for you. If you desire more intentionality and harmony in your home, Whose Home is for you. Create a healthy culture, not a hustle culture, at home. Visit ownyour5to9.com to claim your copy today. Typically, I would summarize a burning ladder story with my own applications. But Leah was gracious enough to give us her own takeaways, which are all great recommendations. First, here are four applications to minimize burnout. Number one. Be careful with numbing out on technology. Burnout is healed by better, real-life connections, not less. Number two, get outside. Working from home is a slippery slope of being inside your house too much. But just 15 minutes of sitting on your porch can make a world of difference. Go listen to the birds. Number three, define done and let yourself accomplish it. Perpetuous anxious thoughts of not doing enough is an easy trap for entrepreneurs, feeling like you always need to be doing more. And number four, know your limits. My most recent rule of thumb is to stop the minute I start feeling tired because that means I've already overextended myself. Ideally, that's one-third less than what you think you have. Five hours, not eight that's the best way to preserve your mental acuity and long-term stamina. The second set of applications is about how to make the leap and embrace a new life of entrepreneurship. Number one, be organized. Number two, plan your day to the best of your ability. Number three, time block work, but also time block your personal life. Fiercely guard both. Number four, Structure and systems are critical. I'm all, always working on implementing better structures and using new systems to manage my work quickly and efficiently. Do this early on and it will pay you back in spades. Number five, build your tribe. Get a coach or a peer group. Find people to be a trusted outside voice and listen to them. Even if they're not in your field, someone who is outside the problem can provide valuable insight 
and access to resources that you might not know about. Build a team around you of resources, supporters, and partners. This is so important for success. Number six, communicate upfront with clients about your time and calendar. Set the tone early and stick to it. Otherwise, you're teaching them that they can ping you at 3 a.m. and you'll answer, and that your word and time aren't really something that they have to honor. Number seven, do the math. Start from what you want to make, then work backwards to figure out how many clients that you need or what level of contract that you need to quote. You might only need one or two clients, and that's fine. More is not always more. Number eight, you want to hear the word no. Some projects aren't worth the effort. You don't want to hear yes to every quote. If you hear yes to every quote, you should start charging more. Number nine, you can charge more than you think. If the math doesn't work, don't undersell yourself. This is your life. You deserve to be able to afford to put food on your table. Number 10, your limitations are acceptable. You don't have to take on more clients than you want. You don't have to take on projects you don't want. You don't have to do every task a current client asks. It is just fine to make a living that supports the life that you want. You don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to have all the bells and whistles, Twitter, a newsletter, all the socials, a podcast, or all the YouTube videos. You don't have to sell merch or a course. You don't have to worry about what everyone else is doing. Build the business that you want, and you're more likely to be happy doing it. Number 11, say the word no more. And number 12, and the last application, is to look at your intuition for direction. This might not be a lesson for everyone, but intuition is my North Star. It's hard to decipher sometimes, but when the voice in my head and heart speaks, I know I have to listen to it. It has re rarely led me astray. And so when my body revolts at the offer of a six-figure full-time job, I have to let it go. It's just not for me. And when I'm scared, but that voice keeps pushing, go do it, this is the way, I sometimes have to push myself down that scary, unforged path and trust that my soul knows what is ahead. And have a little faith, baby. Sincerely, Leo. Thank you for listening to the Work Life Ubiosis podcast, part of the Work Life resources created by Own Your Five to Nine. I hope that you have found encouragement and a few ideas to strengthen your journey to purpose, freedom, and balance. Have you overcome burnout and found a new way of life? Millions around the globe are still at the risk of burnout and losing it all, and your story may be the one that sparks not only a dream, but action. Visit ownyour5to9.com for more information and to submit your story. While you're there, join the Work Life Ubiosis newsletter 
and receive additional resources weekly right to your inbox. If you enjoy this podcast, take time to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Shared with a friend or a loved one. Remember, the most important organization in the world is the family. Let's do our part to strengthen it. Thank you for listening.